0: The sports world is still reeling from the blockbuster trade of Chris Paul to the Oklahoma City Thunder with a few first round draft picks for Russell Westbrook. So Westbrook and Harden are back together again after their time in Oklahoma City. They'll team up for the Houston Rockets. We'll have to wait and see how the two players with the most turnovers in the NBA last season pair up to try to take on the Western Conference and the National Basketball Association. In Major League Baseball, the St. Louis Cardinals are expected to pursue closer Will Smith of the San Francisco Go Giants. The Padres are evaluating a trade for Matthew Boyd. Add that to Noah Syndergaard and other starters the Padres have been linked to thus far. And shortstop for the Houston Astros, Carlos Correa is nearing a rehab assignment. He's been out with a rib injury. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network news update.
1: Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome, your big Your host, 5'8 from Maryland. Brad.
2: Welcome you inside Studio 34, this is the BFFs, that is Frank Stanfield. I am Greg sauceman Frank, we got a full show today.
0: Hey, we have a jam-packed show today, Greg. Star-studded lineup.
2: We do. And it's Friday. To be honest it is just full of BFFs, is what it is. It's all of our best friends forever together at once.
0: Reunited. And it feels so
2: good. Indeed. As he's been with us all week long and will be with us all season long, it's our guy, Eric Young. EY, how's your computer doing?
3: Well, I mean, uh, you can probably hear me, I think, uh, and you can probably see me. Uh, If you can see me, then you know that that is not an image of a technical wizard. Um, (laughs) So I don't know what happened, but apparently it took 55 minutes during the show. So uh, I missed yesterday, which sucked. But hey, if I'm coming back to a show, it's this one. The gang is all here. We're riding again, boys.
2: We are. We are riding together. It was great because EY is te- texting us Scott Fishbowl advice during the show. I'm like, we're still, we're still doing the show. <laughs> He's like, how oh, you doing it without me? I didn't know that's how it worked. True story.
0: I was cracking up downstairs just now when EY was texting us, freaking out because he got sniped <laughs> with Joe Flacco. He was freaking out that he didn't end up with Joe Flacco as his QB3. I was legitimately cracking up downstairs.
2: Uh, that's what this is coming to. And when we say we reunited, we don't just mean with EY. It is Friday, which means it's a, for the next couple of weeks, it's a Florio
4: Friday. My Florio, you're back. What's up, man? What's up, guys? I'm happy to be back with you guys. And uh, I talk to you guys all the time. I'm really happy to be back with EY uh, me and EY got to watch the best game last year. You know, the Rams yep. Chiefs. We were together for that one at a bar out here in LA. But I haven't seen him since then. So EY,
3: how you been, man? I've been good, man. That's uh, one of my fondest sports memories. Not actually being at the game, but we were in LA. Uh, I mean, crazy Rams fans everywhere. The game was awesome, but even more electric in a like in a hometown LA Rams bar. It was it was unbelievable.
2: Sounds awesome. So that was, was the awesome. Monday night slobber knocker, right? Yeah, it was. I yeah. was uh, that was
3: amazing. I was in Hobo It was in unbelievable. LA.
2: I was I was in Hobo, and, and and not the same as LA.
4: EY was uh was sweating out some fantasy games that that uh that night too, so that made it even more fun. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Well, that's fantasy always makes everything more fun. Speaking of fantasy, by the way, Frank, t- together without these guys, uh, we did a Cardinals and Seahawks kind of preview yesterday. And I told you like I, I like Larry Fitzgerald more than uh, you do. Cardinals and 49ers, Greg. What did I say?
0: Cardinals and Seahawks. We're doing the Seahawks today. Seahawks where, that's, and that's, Rams. That's, yeah. where, that's
2: where my head's at. But we did um, the Cardinals and Niners yesterday, and I talked about Larry Fitzgerald a bunch and how like, I kind of like him, and I feel like he's undervalued every year and whatnot. My Scott's Fishbowl. I just took Larry Fitzgerald. Probably early, but I, I didn't care.
0: Yeah, we've swapped places. You called me out for being the, uh, the old guy supporter in fantasy baseball. Now you are the old guy supporter in fantasy football. I think realistically, you just want to draft players that are closer to your own age.
2: I think I want to just draft players that are good. Larry Fitzgerald's good. <laughs> That's, that's all kind of Christian
0: Kirk is also good, though, Greg, so you can't discount that.
2: He might be. We'll see. Larry Gerald's is better. EY, you
0: missed the show yesterday, but I know that you are excited about Kyler Murray. Uh, is yeah. there anything that you wanted to add about the Cardinals and or 49ers?
3: No, I actually, uh, I don't have anything to say. Like I'm sure you guys you know, covered everything, but I am a big Cardinals believer this year. Um, when uh, Bruce Arians, they did the the show. I, th- I don't know if it was on Amazon or whatever, but they followed the Cardinals. That turned me into an Arizona Cardinals fan. I love Larry Fitzgerald too. Um, I I don't I don't have him on any team this year, but it's early yet. Um, I like Kirk. Uh, I like the running game. Uh, I think David Johnson's going to be a top three running back this year. And Kyler Murray is going to be a top 12 quarterback. And I'm just excited to see what happens. So excited, in fact, that I bought an Arizona Cardinals hat. And I was going to wear it yesterday, but it doesn't seem as appropriate today.
2: (laughs) It doesn't work for us as much Uh, today. You mentioned David Johnson as a top three running back. And I actually want to start at the running uh, back spot after the break. I'll, I'll wait until after the break so, so we can get into it. But Florio, uh, you haven't really been with us for any of our team previews that we started obviously this week. Um, is there anything when it comes to the Cardinals and the Niners that you want to mention anybody that stands out for you both in a positive or negative reason?
4: Uh, Mike. Oh, hello. Yeah, yeah I have uh, you ready? Please. Sorry. No, no, my mic muted. Sorry. Uh, I have Kyler Murray, though, as my QB 11. So I'm right there with EY. I, I He's the top 12 QB to me. I think the, the upside is worth taking him. DJ is my RB five. I'm really buying into Cliffs Kingsbury and this high volume offense. I don't know if they're going to be great, but I do believe that there's going to be a ton, a ton of play calls every week. So it's going to lead to success for both of them. I'm high on the Cardinals offense this year
2: bunch of believers in the Cardinals Greg. It's very interesting. Everybody loves Cliff Kingsbury.
0: It's we're, we're doing a 180. Last year everyone it seemed like everyone was off the Cardinals. Mike McCoy running David Johnson into the ass of the center over and over again. So, look, if Cliff Kingsbury is a job yet? Was he hired somewhere? I have no idea. I hope not. But uh no, you're I am mean, nice. sure you're he's a, I'm sure he's a great guy, but sure I, just, rude for people to get fired. I don't I don't you know, I don't want him to ruin anyone else's fantasy value. Um but yeah, I'm I'm just hoping that you know, b- building off what Mike said, I think that the Cardinals' offense, the only place that it could go, and I said this yesterday, is up. I mean, they were very, very bad last year. They were 31st in offensive play calls. They were a ridiculously slow offensive pace team. And Cliff Kingsbury was, you know, top 10 in pace each season that he was at Texas Tech. So I think that they're going to run a ton of plays as well, and that type of volume is going to obviously help David Johnson and Kyler Murray. And I think just having a quarterback that is a dual threat will also help David Johnson because it'll open up some running lanes and it keeps defenses honest and I think that's going to obviously help David Johnson
2: as I mentioned we're going to start at the running back position because that is the biggest question in my opinion heading into fantasy football season and it's what you do with Todd Gurley Mike Florio feels one way I know that Frank and I probably feel the other way I'm excited to find out where Eric Young stands as well we get into Todd Gurley we try to answer the question of which ram wide receiver you want the most and we do all that when we come back here on the BFFs. You're in on Todd Gurley, and people that are not taking him are making a mistake. How early would you take Gurley? Why are you believing him?
4: him? Uh, what makes you so high on Gurley? I think he's in play as early as the late first round, but I prefer him in the second round. But the reason I'm in on Todd Gurley has more to do with the Rams offense and, and how it's going to lead to whoever is the running back there being successful. And... Todd Gurley has been off the charts efficiently good. If he was not healthy, I mean, if he was not an injury risk with the knee, he'd be going first overall ahead of Saquon Barkley, no questions asked. And I just look at that as we're hearing a lot of negative reports this year, but a lot of them have been the same few things over and over again. Clickbait, it's offseason stories. We also have heard positive reports that Sean McVay himself has said Todd Gurley is still going to be the focal point of this offense. Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, who is their radio play-by-play announcer and NFL, said he's going to see fewer snaps, but the touches could still be upwards of 20 a game. We've seen reports that have said 17 to 22 touches per game for Todd Gurley, and I broke it down. If he does what he did last year on a per-touch basis, he's easily worth this pick. But even if his efficiency goes from last year, it was 1.18 PPR points per touch. Let's say we scale that all the way back down to one PPR point per touch. If he is seeing 17 touches per game on average, he will finish, at least as of last year, as the RB8. So there's really, in my opinion, it's being overblown. And a big part of it is because of how efficient the Rams are going to be. This this is a crazy stat. Todd Gurley had eight defenders in the box last year, 8.2% of the time. The only running backs with fewer were Tariq Cohen and Wendell Smallwood. We're talking pass-catching specialists who, like in Smallwood's case, is out there on third downs. Todd Gurley, the guy who leads the league in touchdowns the last two years, they can't stack up boxes against him because the Rams spread the ball out so much. Additionally, it leads to him being very effective in the passing game. Last year, Todd Gurley was one of eight running backs with a minimum of 35 targets to average over seven receiving yards per target. So he's going to gain, I believe, yardage still in chunks. I still believe he can lead the league in touchdowns because if the Rams keep saying he's going to be the focal point of their offense, we know that when they get near pay dirt, it's going to go to Todd Gurley up the middle. So unless you think he is really going to miss a lot of time, I think that is the only way I would be avoiding him because I, to me, this doesn't seem like a scenario where, yeah, they drafted Daryl Henderson, but I don't think they're going to try to limit Todd Gurley to less than 15 touches per game. So just on the efficiency alone of the Rams offense, there is a lot of room for upside and the floor, I still think is higher than people want to give him credit for.
2: The stats you provided are, are all well and good. I mean, they're, they're awesome, but I didn't need you to convince me how awesome Todd Gurley is, right? Like I know if Todd Gurley was 100% healthy and there are no <coughs> and there are no issues. He's the number 1 overall pick. Right? Absolutely. Like all those stats are great and you, you told me how amazing he is. He's amazing. What was that quote you had yesterday, Greg? I don't
0: know. Regarding Todd lo- Gurley. I have and lots of quotes. He he said something along the lines of, uh, oh, yeah, no, we'll, we'll see what happens. So, so I, I, was, I, was, I was getting to that. I was yeah, getting yeah, to yeah. that.
4: But, so, but, but that quote, I think it's taken out of context because he wasn't saying, oh, I don't know if my knee could hold up. He was saying, like, with the workload and stuff. Oh, like, to me, it seemed like a very, yeah, we'll see what happens when we get there. Like, I can't worry about stuff right now. Like, it, it's a player quote to me, and I feel like we're we're dissecting everything with Todd Gurley under a microscope a lot more. And, Greg, I'm not saying, like, oh, if he – because I in my article I wrote – If he does what he did last year and we're seeing those touches, his ceiling is over 400 PPR points. No one did that last year. This guy, and I don't have to convince you how good he is, but I'm saying even at a reduced efficiency, if we lower it to one PPR point flat per touch, which I think is giving the efficiency of the Rams offense and the fact that they can't stack boxes against him, the fact that there's still going to be a ton of red zone touches to go around there. I think that Todd Gurley can easily finish as a top 10 running back as long as he doesn't miss a ton of games. And another part of my argument is the running backs going around him all come with concerns of their own. They do, for sure. But you also quoted, Florio, a
2: bunch of Sean McVay and the Rams, and he's our workhorse. I heard all of that. And that was in the playoffs. And that was in the NFC Championship game. And that was in the Super Bowl. And he wasn't. I get that CJ Anderson's gone, but I am. In all honesty, I am very, very nervous when it comes to Todd Gurley. Frank, we heard from you yesterday with Gurley. I want to give EY a shot to chime in here. Uh, How nervous are you in regards to Todd Gurley? When would you take him? Would you take him? What do you think?
3: I think I'm probably somewhere in between uh Florio and, and you guys is, he he said a bunch of great numbers and a bunch of great stats that that are are very interesting but I think the only thing that you need to listen to that he said is listen this is clickbait Todd Gurley is probably one of if not the biggest name in, in football right now he's one of the most popular players in the NFL and people are trying to get people to look at their articles read their articles watch their videos if they said oh uh Jordan Wilkins has arth- an arthritic knee. If you believe that Todd Gurley is the only player in the NFL that has an arthritic knee or arthritis developing in his knee, you're insane. It, it, it's it, they're They're all playing hurt. They're all training hurt. They're all playing beat up. They've abused their bodies their whole life. This is something, this is part of reality of being an NFL player. This is why they make this kind of money, and this is why they have armies of people taking care of them. Todd Gurley is arguably the most talented running back in the league. Okay, he's 26, and he may have arthritis in his knee, and they may alter his workload, but I believe he's still going to be the focal point of that offense because he would be insane not to. They're paying him a bunch of money, and the reality is is no one really knows until the games are played. We're nervous because everyone's talking about it because that's what people want to read that's what people are drawn to and everybody that's in the media is is exploiting that and and i'm not saying that that's a bad thing but you just gotta you gotta take a breath and relax i mean nobody really knows for me in the end uh todd Gurley is is a a top 12 running back for sure um and uh, i think he's gonna have a good year maybe not as good as always but he's going to score touchdowns He's got the ability to go to the house every time he touches the ball. I want that guy on my team.
2: Frank, the other part of taking Todd Gurley, and you mentioned it, and I I was shocked by looking at the ADPs, right, was Daryl Henderson. The fact that you're taking him where you have to take him. And I was was shocked by it. And you almost feel like, as a Gurley owner, you have to. You don't have a choice. Daryl Henderson, where he's going as the number 30 running back off the board right now, his current ADP in the NFBC is around 68. It's like... That's incredibly early to draft two running back selections, a first-round pick or second-round pick, whatever, Mm -hmm. and a sixth-round pick or so. That's a lot to invest. And I get the Rams' offense is the Rams' offense. I know that, and you want to lock that up. It just seems like a lot and a lot of question marks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's it's a lot of capital to put into one backfield. And you don't have to get Daryl Henderson if you own Todd Gurley. But if I were to draft Todd Gurley— I would want him on my team, obviously. But look, this isn't the first time that we've seen a situation like this. A couple of years ago, if you wanted both Falcons running backs on your team and Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, you had to invest something similar. A first or second round pick in Devontae Freeman. And then you had to use like a sixth or seventh round pick on Tevin Coleman. So this isn't unprecedented. It's not something that we haven't seen before. Again, you don't have to own Daryl Henderson if you draft Todd Gurley. But I would say it's probably recommended. Ultimately, if you're drafting Todd Gurley... It comes down to what kind of drafter you are. Scared money don't make money. That's what they say, huh, Greg? If you if you wanna risk it, then you're gonna be in the camp of you wanna you wanna draft Todd Gurley that early. Me personally, you know I'm a little bit safer when it comes to the early rounds. So unfortunately, I just don't think that I'm gonna have him on many teams.
2: Alright, we're gonna come back. I'm gonna give some names when it comes to Todd Gurley. You're gonna let me know you Todd Gurley or this guy, and then we'll get into the Rams wide receivers. That's coming your way. Next. with you. DFF's Greg Sussman, Frank Stample, Michael Florio, and EY Eric Young here alongside on a Friday. And we do want to remind you that the All-Star break is over and MLB is back tonight. So swing for the fences and play DFS baseball with DailyRoto.com. Become the eighth Daily Roto line of optimizer. Use it to win a million bucks in a FanDuel or DraftKings contest and become one of the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS. If you're playing MLB Daily Fantasy and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections and use of the same Daily Roto lineup optimizers that have produced millions in DFS winnings. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium package available right now at dailyroto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. And that's dailyroto.com. The promo code is FNTSY. Frank, what else do we have going on tonight when it comes to MLB?
0: We have the FanDuel BFF contest, of course, still going on. So, if you've been in the contest before, just click on the Friends tab. You're already part of it. Just set your lineup before 7 p.m. Eastern time tonight. I'm looking at you, Michael Florio, as well. Set your lineup. Uh, We'll have to get a bunch of people in there. Myself, Greg Sussman going to be in there. Steve downstairs in the pit going to set his lineup. Maybe. Maybe. Hopefully. Uh, And we'll get this thing going. Hopefully, we'll get it running for money, Greg.
3: Absolutely. Is is baseball still fake? I'm just checking.
2: Uh, Baseball is (laughs) pretty much the same
3: as your stuff. Is it still fake like basketball? I can't remember. It's, it's all the same. Okay. They're both still fake. Yeah, so, I mean, it's as fake as Just like hockey. And wrestling. It's just like hockey, yeah, right, EY? You guys are lucky I'm not there.
0: <laughs> 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 EY does not like that.
2: We got him. All right, guys. Todd Gurley, let me know. Would you rather have, and I'm not going to just keep it to running backs because we're talking at the end of the first round. There's wide receivers here as well. So, when you go around the room, I want to make it quick because we have a lot to get to. Frank. Would you rather have Julio Jones or Todd Gurley?
0: I'll take Julio Jones.
2: EY?
4: Julio. Florio? Uh, probably Todd Gurley. I mean, you have to get a running back early this year, kind of guy. I mean, that's you still can get him early. I just you know, not that early.
2: All right. Uh, when it comes to Todd Gurley, you going for Todd Gurley or the latest news with Melvin Gordon? Florio,
4: we start with you. I have Melvin Gordon still a spot higher cuz I do ultimately think he plays, but as we get closer, obviously he can sit out, so that'll change.
3: Eric? Yeah, I haven't changed my rankings or anything with Gordon yet until training camp starts. Um, if he's holding out during training camp, then I mean he's going to drop down, but I think I'd probably still take Gordon above him.
0: Frank? As someone who got burned by Le'Veon Bell last year, yeah. I'm pretty scared of Melvin Gordon right now, and I'm not the girly guy. I think if I were drafting right now, I would take Gurley over Gordon.
2: Todd Gurley or
3: Joe Mixon, Eric. Joe Mixon.
2: Frank. Joe Mixon.
4: Floria.
3: I have Todd Gurley two spots higher.
4: He's the girly guy. He's the girly guy. Gurley <laughs> man. Dude, Mixon is Mixon is not without concerns, man. He's missed multiple games each of the last two years. Jonah Williams is done for the year. That that offense is not what the Rams is. There's concerns. Why can't why can't Florio, it be? Floria's talking got, me into it.
0: They got I'm Zach Taylor. They got Zach Taylor now.
4: Yeah, everyone loves Zach Taylor. Sean
2: McVay, uh, prodigy, right? All huh? right, guys, t- uh, just a couple more. Todd Gurley or James Conner? I'm going
4: to start with you, Frank.
0: Maybe we should start with you, Greg. You're the James yeah. Conner guy. I love James Conner. You James love Connor. James Conner. I-, I would take James Conner as well.
4: Floria? I had Conner high originally, fluctuated when the reports that he might split time came out, and now I'm back to putting Conner up ahead, so
3: I'll take Conner. Eric? Uh, I think I got Gurley here. Ooh, all right. So
2: That's a mistake. No big deal. All right, um Todd Gurley or
4: Dalvin Cook.
3: We'll see. EY. Dalvin Cook.
2: Ooh.
4: This one makes no sense to me.
0: Yeah, because Dalvin Cook is a big injury risk as I've
4: well. I've got him
3: one spot ahead. Okay. One spot. Yeah. Ahead.
4: Dal- Dalvin Cook has played 15 NFL games total, combined career. That's it. Knee injuries, like I, to me if I'm taking an injured ri- an injury risk, I'm going highest upside.
2: I agree with Mike on this one. I would take Gurley. That makes it unanimous for me. All right, one more, one last one for you. Uh, it's Todd Gurley
4: versus Odell Beckham Jr. Floria. I love me some Odell, but I'm still, when it's close like this, I lean running back, so I'll go Gurley. EY?
3: Odell. Cleveland's offense is going to be unreal.
0: I guess Odell Beckham. Can I can I just say Juju Smith-Schuster? Is that all right, Greg? You can say Juju, sure. Yeah, give me Juju. You got it, man. Juju.
2: I love Juju also. Okay, sticking let's go back to the Rams. Because last year at this time, we asked the question, which Rams wide receiver would you take first? And we said, hey, they legitimately in drafts can go back to back to back. And here we are a year later. And I don't know if we have an answer even now between Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup. Now Cooper Cup is returning from that torn ACL, although we heard from Virginia that he should be fine. Like he may get be slow starter, but by the time week three, week four rolls around, he's going to be okay. It was a clean ACL tear. There does not seem to be any hesitations coming uh, from Cooper Cup. So knowing a little bit better how the offense works under Sean McVay with Jared Goff at quarterback, how much they spread the ball around, who. Uh, The offense leans to in which situation, Frank? How would you rank these guys, and where would you take them?
0: So right now, they're actually all going within 16 picks of each other. So it starts at pick 40 with Brandon Cooks. He's the first wide receiver, first Rams wide receiver off the board. And then it's Robert Woods at 45, so they're very close. They're within five picks of each other going in that fourth-round range. And then Cooper Cup goes at pick 56, so that's in the next round. If I were ranking it personally, I would probably go Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup. I haven't done my wide receiver rankings yet, but I just don't really see why you would go away from Robert Woods. I mean, he's been incredibly incredibly consistent over the past two seasons. He led this team in targets and target share one year ago. He had more fantasy points than Brandon Cooks last year. Uh, I don't dislike Brandon Cooks. I like him going in that range. And I actually think, we haven't talked about this yet, I think the Rams are going to pass the ball more this year because they've lost pieces to their offensive line. I don't know that they're going to be able to run the ball as effectively as they have in years past because of the offensive line issues and obviously uh, the girly injury concerns they've already talked about, you know, scaling back his workload. So, I think that they're going to throw the ball a little bit more, which bodes well for all of these guys. Obviously, bodes well for Jared Goff. But if I were ranking it, I would go Woods, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, just because of the consistency that Robert Woods provides. And shout out to you, Greg. You were the Robert Woods guy last year, and, you know, he was drafted in that, like, 6th, 7th round range. And now this year, he's going in the fourth round. So, good call by you.
2: Last year, it finished with Robert Woods scoring the most fantasy points of any Rams wide receiver. He had 179.6. This might be, and that's, that's standard. Let me go to PPR. Uh, in the PPR, he had 265.6. Brandon Cooks had 243.2. And Cooper Cup had a 135.1. Of course, Cooper Cup missed eight games.
0: How about uh, on a per-game basis, interest. though?
2: Per game, 16.6 for Woods, 15.2 for Cooks, 16.9 for Cove. The highest goes to Cooper Cup, in, in, interestingly enough. Let me go to EY. How would you rank these three guys,
3: and when would you feel comfortable taking them? To me, it all depends on the league. Uh, best ball, it's, uh, if I'm going first, it's Cooks. Standard, I'm going Woods. PPR, I'm going Cooper Cup. And it's literally, it, it's mix and match. But it just depends on what your league scoring is. So if you're, you know, if it's a best ball, I pick Cooks first. Then I probably pick Woods, then Cup. PPR, I pick C- uh, C- Cooper Cup, then Woods, then Cooks. And then standard, I probably go um, Robert Woods first, then Cup, then Cooks third. Okay. So it's, it's just interchangeable. Mike Florio, what scoring. about
4: you? Uh, It's it's a lot like EY like in standard I have Brandon Cooks highest but in my PPR rankings uh, I think they're all like in order 16 17 18 for me like and I have in front of me the numbers what they did in the eight games that Cooper Cup played and the three of them are super close and when I say super close I mean separated by four the three of them separated by four total standard PPR points NFL.com scoring and six PPR points NFL.com scoring so they are Uber close, and Robert Woods led in those eight games, led them in targets with 65. The least was Cooper Cup at 55. Cooper Cup had the least receptions at 40. Woods had the most at 45. Uh, The yardage was in favor of Cooks, but the touchdowns was in favor of Cooper Cup. He had six, where the other guys had—Woods had three, and Cooks had two. And if you remember last year, Cooper Cup was Jared Goff's go-to guy in the red zone. So I like all three of them, and in fact, I've drafted— all three of them as WR2s this year. I, I think that they're all super safe in this Rams offense. So
2: then just looking at the ADP, as you said, there's about a 16 spot as of now in the NFFC, a 16 spot difference between Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup. At that point, Frank, would you just wait on Cup, given that there is an extra round that you could play around with there?
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense. I, I, obviously, he is a he's the best value of the three right now, but for good reason. He's coming off an ACL. So we have to see how he looks in training camp and make sure he's back to full strength. You know, you mentioned that Virginia uh, talked about this yesterday, that he might get off to a slow start because he tore his ACL pretty late in the season last year. I believe it was like week nine or week 10. So it's not like he tore it during training camp or anything. So uh, he did a little bit later on in the season. I I also think it's worth mentioning, piggybacking off what Mike was saying, Cooper Cup had the most touchdowns. He scored six in only eight games. Brandon Cooks had only five the entire season. So we know that. You know, uh, Jared Goff leans on Cooper Cup specifically in the red zone in the middle of the field. But, Greg, it, it felt like whenever the Rams played, we would come in the next day and be like, all three of these guys are awesome. They can all be moved all around the field. They can all play the slot. They can all catch screen passes. They can all catch deep balls. They're pretty much all used the same way, and they're all just, like,
2: super awesome. EY, would you have any problem in, let's say, round four? Is this where they're going, Frank? Round four-ish? Round four five?
0: Yeah, Cooks and uh, Woods are round four, Cooper Cup's round five.
2: Okay. Would you have any issue if you started out your team running back wide receiver, let's say, and then a the third round, maybe take another running back? That's very possible, right? Mm-hmm. Would you have any problem, E.Y. drafting, let's say, Robert Woods in the fourth and coming back in the fifth and just following up with Cooper Cup? So your wide receivers two and three would be Woods and Cup. Would that be something that you would do?
3: No, I mean, I don't think I I like doing that. That's I hate having two of the same position on one team. It makes me nervous. Um, If I had to do that, the Rams would be the team I'd want to do it with, because I think they're going to like Mike was saying, they're going to throw the ball all over the place or Frank was saying they're going to throw the ball all over the place this year. McVay knows how to scheme guys open and all three wide receivers have been productive, but I don't think I want two receivers from the same team. I, I think it would just make me crazy.
0: Yeah, I think it kind of limits your weekly upside, Greg, because while the Rams do score a ton of points, I mean, there's only one football to go around, right? So, okay. I mean, are really, it, it just kind of limits your touchdown upside on your team, whereas, like, if you draft a Ridley or a Lockett in round five, sure. those guys are, you know, there's only, like, two wide receivers on their team opposed to three with the Rams. Rams
2: offense, though, unlike any other offense in football. You. All right, we'll take a break. Come up, drive up the Rams next. with you, VFFs. Breaking down the Rams. Only one more Ram I want to get to here. Uh, that is Jared Goff, and I want to do it quickly. Where is, Jar- where is Jared Goff for you, Mike Florio? You mentioned Kyler Murray as a top-12 quarterback. EY did the same. Where's Jared Goff ball
4: Jared Goff is QB9 for me.
2: Inside the top 10. EY, what about you?
3: QB8. I haven't done
2: rankings yet, Greg. <laughs> me but- <laughs> either. <laughs> Uh, but he's going to be
0: a top twelve quarterback for me. Let's not forget that through week eleven last year, uh, before the bye week, Jared Goff was the QB two behind only Patrick Mahomes last season. And I think having his buddy Cooper Cup back is really going to help him. We saw that, you know, in games where Cooper Cup was healthy last year, like the touchdown rate goes up, uh, all the numbers go up for Jared Goff. That's his buddy. You know, he needs uh, he needs all three of those wide receivers on the field. And I think, obviously, having Cooper Cup back is going to help him a lot. So he's going to be a top-12 quarterback for me for sure.
2: Would would you take him? Because I feel like you, you get to that range. I feel like I could see you winning a little bit, going in a different direction, rather than investing in a guy like Jared Goff.
0: Uh, you know, I'm probably more apt to take him in Superflex. And okay. I've, I've talked about Superflex leagues a lot this week and why You know, I might be more apt to fade a guy like Cam Newton or Kyler Murray in Superflex just because I think that they have a little bit more risk involved with them, and the floor might not be as high. I don't feel that way about Jared Goff. I actually think that the floor is pretty high for him. And I think the ceiling, we saw that through the first 11 games last year, You know, where, where Cooper Cup was healthy for the most part, that the ceiling is very high for him as well. So I like that that floor-ceiling combination for Jared Goff. So I, I think in a super flex, I'm more apt to take him. But you're right, in a one-quarterback league, it feels like there are a lot of quarterbacks that are kind of similar and we keep talking about this number. Like, there's legitimately 22 quarterbacks that I wouldn't mind starting. So in a one-quarterback league, I'm, I'm probably waiting. But in a super flex, Jared Goff is going to be a target of mine, yes.
2: Okay, fair enough. All right, let me get to the Seattle Seahawks, guys. There's a lot of question marks when it gets to the Seattle team as well. We started at running back for Los Angeles. I want to do the same for the Seahawks because there's not a question about necessarily health here. Brian Schottenheimer's has made it very clear. We are a running football team. I am not going to change my ways because I am an idiot. That's what he's going to do. He knows that he can't win a Super Bowl this way. It doesn't matter because coaches are stubborn. And how do you become an idiot, Greg? Coach for the New York Jets. That's right. Pete Carroll did the same thing. All right. But anyway, but Brian Shaw and I made it very clear. Like, this is our offense. It works for us. I think that limits a bit for Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I'm going to get to that in a moment. But it certainly enhances the value of both Rashad Penny and Chris Carson. But I have to ask, and I want to start with you, EY, which running back would you rather have, Rashad Penny or Chris Carson?
3: I think this is one of the hardest questions to answer at this point uh, before training camp, before we know what they're doing there, before we know who's taking first team reps richard penny is the better athlete richard penny has the higher draft pedigree richard penny is probably the better running back but pete carroll is the lunatic and just doesn't care he said that the best player is going to play play and last year the best player was chris carson and he was good when he was healthy um for me the bigger thing is here is is one of them is going to be super value and possibly even both are going to have a very high value um But, I mean, for me, I probably would bet on Penny because I'm just going to bet on the better athlete and Pete Carroll's going to play the guy that's better no matter how good Chris Carson was last year. I think Penny's the better athlete, he's the better running back, and he'll start.
0: I agree with Ey that I think this is one of the tougher situations to read right now for fantasy football, and both of these guys are going within the top seventy-five picks right now. So you're looking at the sixth, seventh round range, probably more so the sixth round for Chris Carson, the seventh round for Rashad Penny. But I really don't want to downplay what Chris Carson did last year. I mean, he he was awesome. He had five one hundred yard rushing games, and the underlying numbers support that he was a really, really good running back. He was third in evaded tackles last season, sixth in yards created. So. He's not just you know some volume running back that fell into a good spot uh, behind a, a, an improving offensive line. I'm not going to call the Seahawks a good offensive line, but they were very good in terms of run blocking last season, and we saw that uh, when it came to Chris Carson. 247 carries, that was 7th most among running backs. Um, he only played 52% of the snaps. I don't know that he's going to catch a lot of balls. Mike Davis is gone. He leads. He leaves behind 42 targets and 35 receptions. Both of those numbers actually led Seahawks running backs last year. So I think that Chris Carson and Rashad Penny's receptions and targets could go up this year, but I don't really think that they're that either of them will have a huge will have huge value in that regard. I don't know that either guy is going to catch like Forty or more balls. They're probably both in like that thirty to thirty-five reception range.
2: As I mentioned with Seattle, they're going to run the ball. So you want the running back here. We talked about that with Atlanta earlier this week. That you you want the running back because or with San Francisco yesterday rather because yeah, of Shanahan. Shanahan. Yeah. You want the offense. They could both be good. That that can be the right answer. They could. But what's standing out to me more than anything, Frank, and we get to you in a second, Florio, to chime in. It's what Chris Carson did in the red zone. In what? Those, Absolutely. In in those last eight games or so, one, two, three, four, seven touchdowns. I mean, it was ridiculous. Seven out of the eight last weeks getting into the end zone. He was a monster there. And I understand the draft pedigree. I know it's the same regime there with with the draft and Rashad Penny, yeah. but they also found Chris Carson, and he's been fantastic. And in all honesty, Mike, he's done nothing to lose this job.
4: Yeah, it's... I agree with Frank and EY. This is one of the hardest situations to to figure out. I do have Carson ranked higher than Penny right now, but they're both RB3s for me. I think Penny does step up and take on more of what Davis did in the passing game, where Carson is probably the guy you want to get, you know, on the goal line. And so I do have Carson. The biggest gap for me is in standard and half PPR and PPR. They're closer than that, but Seahawks last year, the only team in the league to run the ball over 50% of the time at 52.8%. We know they're going to run plenty. But we've heard reports this this offseason that it could be a week-to-week week on who leads them in touches. So I think this is one of the scenarios we really got to monitor closely in during preseason. And right now, to me, they're both a little bit of a risky pick because it could be the other one taking over lead duties.
0: You know what's crazy, Greg? I-, I feel like Chris Carson is still coming out of value, though. The fact that I totally agree. the Seahawks are going to run as much as they are and his usage in the in the red zone, as you mentioned it, Greg. I mean, doesn't Chris Carson kind of remind you of Marlon Mack, but he's going like three rounds later?
2: Um, No, I understand why you're saying that. but I Yeah, think- like his usage. What you mentioned, he was top seven in
0: carries inside the 20, the 10, and the five last year. He saw 86.7% of his team's carries inside the five-yard line. That was second most in the NFL behind David Johnson.
2: Is the thing with Chris Carson, though, EY, the reason that people are not anti him, but like not totally in on him, outside of Rashad Penny, is it because he doesn't catch passes? I know we all live in like a PPR universe, and we, we just hate the guys that are these big dudes that just run forward. Is that, it? Is that the reason that people can't get fully behind Carson?
3: I think the number one reason is because everyone knows what an athlete Richard Penny is. Okay. like. If Richard, I believe if Rashard Penny was on the field for the red zone touches last year and he wasn't, because like you said, Chris Carson didn't do anything to lose the job. He was effective. He was a great running back last year. And when he was given the, the ball and given the chance to succeed, he did. But I think the reason people they're not against Chris Carson. They just—I think everyone deep down knows Rashad Penny is the superior running back, and Rashad Penny is for sure the superior athlete.
0: And I can't disagree with that too. You know, if if Rashard oh. Penny was getting the 247 carries that Chris Carson had last year, who's to say that he wouldn't have been better than Chris Carson last year? Yep. And even I in think P- he would be. Even in PPR, Greg, like Chris Carson only had 20 receptions last year. He still finished RB 15 in PPR, but. Again, that was on 1,150 rushing yards. That was with, you know, nine rushing touchdowns. Can we project similar volume and usage this year? And I think that's why we see Chris Carson falling a little bit down the draft board this year into that sixth round range with Rashad Penny going like one round after him in round seven.
2: Mike, I mentioned before potentially drafting Robert Woods and Cooper Cup in back-to-back rounds. As Frank gave you the ADP earlier, Chris Carson's going around round six, Rashad Penny's going around round seven. Would you be willing to draft Carson in the sixth and Penny in the seventh. Follow that right up.
4: If I if that was gonna be my like if I only had one RB at that point, yes. But if I've invested already like multiple picks into the RB position, that's asking me then to give four of my first seven picks into one position. So it depends a little bit on roster construction. But if I again if I took a running back in the first round and then loaded up on receivers and tight ends, I have no problem doing that. Uh it just depends more on how my lineup's looking. But I I think Chris Carson is should be going around guys like Sonny Michel, uh, Derek Henry, these running backs who aren't going to be utilized so much in the passing game. And I feel like that's kind of where he's going, and that seems appropriate to me.
2: Let me get to the wide receivers, where there's also some confusion. Doug Baldwin retires or is forced into retirement, and Tyler Lockett, who is everybody's favorite and least favorite wide receiver, certainly ascends to that top spot. T.K. Metcalf, an early round selection for Seattle, a workout warrior. He's there as well. A couple of other pieces remain with the Seahawks, too. Frank, let me start with you here. We talked uh, kind of on and off about Tyler Lockett over the past few days. And as we're getting ready for today's show, you're like, you know what? I think I'm kind of in. How come?
0: I think it's just because Doug Baldwin is gone. And, you know, look. This is not a team that's going to pass the ball a lot. We've continuously talked about that today on the show. Brian Schottenheimer as the OC, he wants to run the football. And we saw that with Russell Wilson last season. He had his career low in terms of pass attempts. You know what's crazy is I don't really like Russell Wilson this year for fantasy, but I like Tyler Lockett, which is just weird. But I think that the opportunity is there for him where even if he doesn't get a ton of targets, mind you, last year he finished as wide receiver 15 on just 71 targets. That is not a typo. I mean, he might have had the most efficient wide receiver season in NFL history, 16.9 yards per catch and an 81% catch rate. You just you don't hear numbers like that ever at the NFL level. But I think the fact that the Seahawks run the football as much as they do when they pick their spots to throw, they catch teams off guard, Greg. And Tyler Lockett going to play more in the slot. They've already talked about that. And you know, we know that he's a really good deep threat. He can get behind the defense. And Russell Wilson is one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL. Right now, Tyler Lockett is going in that early fifth-round range with a bunch of other breakout-wide receivers, or what we presume to be breakouts, in DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, and Mike Williams. If you ask me, as of now, I would rather have Tyler Lockett over all those guys.
2: you what about you?
3: Yeah, it's uh for me it, it's it's weird drafting these guys cuz they're just not going to throw the ball. The volume's just not there. Like Frank said something interesting is is when they decide to throw it, it's effective. And and, and the numbers of from Lockett last year, they they show that. Like those are unheard of statistical numbers for a wide receiver. And a wide receiver that has that never been heralded as like a, a number 1 guy. Um I don't think that he's that guy last year the in the first three or four games, the guy that was most heavily targeted was Brandon Marshall. Um, and I think Moore is, is more of, of, of a Brandon Marshall type. So I think Moore is super interesting to me. I don't think I pick him above Lockett, but he's, he's working his way up my rankings pretty quick from the stuff I've been, been reading about from the stats last year. And he in spot showed really well last year.
2: David even more a sneaky, sneaky uh, piece of this wide receiver crew when it comes to Seattle Florida. How do you break that down?
4: I think Lockett is interesting. He belongs in that group where I think he's going. He's not someone that I'm super excited to draft. Like, I don't believe I have any shares of Lockett. And I am excited to see him in the slot, but it's not like he wasn't doing that last year. Like, he was averaging 14 routes per game from the slot, but just 1.8 targets per game. So they weren't really throwing his way too much. He did score five of his ten touchdowns from the slot. But I do think DK Metcalf is actually going to slide in and be... The new Tyler Lockett of this offense. And what I mean by that is low catch total, but they're going to take a lot of deep shots with him. I think he is going to lead this team in red zone targets. So I think that he Tyler Lockett is going to try to step up and be the next Doug Baldwin and he's getting drafted as that. But the fact that they don't throw as much, I'm not off on Tyler Lockett at all. Like he's inside my top 30 wide receivers, but he's just not a guy that I'm like pounding the table for either. Like there's players in that range, like Robbie Anderson, who I like more.
0: I'll throw this both of your guys' way, and it's interesting. I guess now that you bring up uh, Robbie Anderson, I might know your answer, Mike. I'll ask you first, EY, of these four, you know, what we labeled breakout wide receivers this year, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Mike Williams, and Tyler Lockett, who would you rather have most of that group?
3: Uh, I'm going to probably lean Ridley. He says confidently. Question mark? Yeah, yeah. Question mark? I mean, all three, all four of those guys are kind of in the same area for me, but but I think Atlanta's offense is, is going to be big time. I, I've said this on the Atlanta preview show. Is Matt Ryan is going to be an awesome quarterback to have? He's playing majority of his games indoors, and he is a beast when he plays indoors. Ridley Ridley looked good last year. We'll take
2: a break. We'll wrap up our Seahawks preview. Coming up next. Final few minutes of the hour, Greg Sussman alongside Frank Stample, Eric Young, and Michael Florio. We've gone through the wide receivers and the running backs with Seattle now. One spot left, really, and that's the quarterback spot. Frank, you mentioned before you are not super high on Russell Wilson this year. Is that just volume related?
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, Mike mentioned a stat that I was also going to mention. Great great minds think alike here. But uh, that 52.8% run, uh, run running... That's how, many, that's how often under Schottenheimer they ran the ball, 52.8% of the time. Um, and that was the only team over 50% in the NFL. I, I just don't know how Russell Wilson is going to repeat the type of efficiency he had last year. An 8.2% touchdown rate. His career average is a 6% touchdown rate. He threw 35 touchdowns with a career low in pass attempts. His rushing attempt, 67, was also the, uh, a career low for him as well. So, and that was only good enough for him to finish QB 12 in terms of points per game, Greg. So if any of those numbers scale back in terms of efficiency, uh, I think he's going to finish outside the top 12. I haven't done my rankings yet, but he's currently being drafted inside the top 12, and I don't think he's going to finish there.
2: Russell, Willis, where do you have him, I should say, EY?
3: Um, I'm not high on Russell Wilson. He's in an offense that's not going to throw the ball a whole bunch. I think a lot of it has to do with, I was pretty high on him last year and I had him in a bunch of places and he burned me. He's just not a great fantasy running back. Um, his, his running is, is going down. It feels like every year they're, they're trying to, to limit his running because he's a smaller guy and he kept getting hurt. So I feel like this happens. It's the natural progression of everything. A running quarterback, every year the running seems to go down. Um, even Cam Newton is a guy that doesn't run as much as he as he used to and the team are encouraging him to not run so yeah it's just they're going to run the ball we know that and, and uh I, I would run the ball it's effective it's seahawks football i like watching running football but the reality is 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 russell wilson russell wilson he's the guy i want on my real fantasy or my real football team but fantasy team I, i'm avoiding him
2: mike floria it's been a pleasure to have you you as well UI. We'll, uh, we'll catch you next week, Mike. And EY, we'll uh, catch you on Tuesday after the on Monday.
3: All right, boys. Awesome.
2: All right, take a break. When we come back, hour number two, it's BFF's Action Hour. A lot of baseball games to preview. A lot to talk about and wrap up the football conversation as well. More on the way. Your BFFs. Thanks, guys.